you know, I'd be curious to go to feel the audience. So how, I'm, I'm guessing this is a Bitcoin conference, right? Everyone here knows what Bitcoin is and is comfortable with it and likes it, right? How many hold their own keys? You guys have your own wallet and uh, actually have taken your key. Uh, all right, good, good, I'm glad to see that. How many have heard of what the Lightning Network is? All right, awesome. uh, uh, so I'm just gonna give a quick rundown just for anyone that doesn't know. So the Lightning Network is a way where two peers can open a Bitcoin channel with each other so that they could transact for free or very low fees. And it's actually can be expanded upon where now if me and Asher have a channel with each other and I open a channel with one of you, you can interact with Asher without opening a channel directly using me as a middle hop. So if this is meant to be a second layer scaling technology for Bitcoin. This hackathon that we participated in was for a third layer called Impervious, Impervious AI. It's supposed to work on top of the Lightning Network. And what it does is it allows you to do very, um, uh, it, it's trying, it allows you to do really cool stuff but using Lightning instead of normal internet. For example, you can message each other peer to peer. You could um, uh, send payments very easier. Uh, it sort of abstracts away the Lightning a little bit. Um, and that's the protocol we use to build this app. Uh, it, made it, it made it pretty easy. So Impervious is uh, run by, the company's name is Impervious. The API is called Impervious. Um, basically what they've done is they've taken, built uh, an API that any developer can use on Lightning, like Ozzy was describing. So if you have a, you know, a traditional internet application, like a chat app or a video app, or any kind of you know, a streaming podcast app, whatever you want to do on the internet, uh, they've created an API to essentially help developers like us really streamline the process to to build that on Bitcoin natively instead of building it through a traditional payment rail with like Chase Bank or something. Uh, they've just really they made an API that you know we were able to do this entire project. The first version worked in like less than two weeks uh, from nothing. This wasn't like something that we started building a year ago and then put the finishing touches on. Um, so it's just kind of a testament to the work they're doing. And their website is uh, impervious.ai. If you're a developer. I recommend you check it out, or even if you're just interested in Lightning and want to see what uh, what kind of the bleeding edges, I think they're there. So, yeah. So expand on that. I've actually never worked with Lightning before the hackathon. Uh, so this was my first endeavor into it, and yeah, I was able to get it up and running and using it. Uh, so. You know, the takeaway from that is to see the snowball effect that's happening with Bitcoin development. It's happening faster and faster and faster. It's making it easier and easier to implement things like real utility, but stream sats for it. And what's interesting is that our app here incentivizes BitTorrents. If, uh, anyone know what torrents are? Anyone use this? We got a few. Okay, the last great. 15 years, you know, torrents were how, like, you know, back in the day, people used to, like, share files with each other, you know, uh, and you could get, like, the new songs for free or stuff, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before Dropbox. But, yeah. So, it's, uh, um, I mean, it's, it exists, and it's all about peer-to-peer -peer -peer file sharing. So, what we did is we built this Bitcoin payment layer on top of it to integrate with it. And there's a there's a shitcoin floating around called BitTorrent Token VTT. Um, yeah, this essentially obsoletes that. Uh, and this is the you know it's funny we built this in two weeks and we're sort of looking into other and up until I'm not sure here we're basically every utility shit token that exists is sort of like on my targets for like let's just do a Sats instead. You know like there's all kinds there's like one called uh, there's one called Golem or Filecoin. I'm like let's do it with Sats. You can do the exact same thing. You know. Um, but you don't need some stupid coin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the idea that we had for this app in particular was finding out, uh, let's say one of you is a content creator and you're making movies or you're making apps or you're making songs or you're, you're writing a book. Whatever you're doing, you're creating some kind of digital content at the end of the day. 
Um, so the question is, how, you have your digital content, how do you give that to people? You can create a website, you can, you can go to you know, some domain registrar, build your website, you can upload your Google videos, Drive. To, you can host it on Google Drive, you can upload your video to YouTube, you can put your app in the App Store. The problem with all these systems, uh, and they work great and they're fast and, and professionally developed, um, the problem is there, there's a, a censorship layer. So you, you're already seeing it in Bitcoin a little bit, uh, depending on what country you're in. China's a phenomenal example. They have their great firewall of China. So good luck downloading your favorite Bitcoin wallet in China. You can't, right? So the question is, how do you provide an economic system to compete with what Google and Amazon and YouTube are doing for content delivery and basically for taking your content uh, and sending it to me? They're like this man in the middle here. Uh, it's great that they offer that service. The problem is they pick and choose what you can and can't share. Um, and there's been a lot of censorship issues on Twitter, like in the last two years, not to get political, but the president of the United States was banned from Twitter, right? It just proves that nobody's immune to the, the kind of censorship uh, layer in the middle of like the digital economy that we're all used to. So what we wanted to do was create a way to share any kind of content you want, whether it's a music, a song, a video, a book, uh, do it over Lightning Network, do everything peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, and still pay people for providing digital resources. So the reason why Google and Amazon and everybody else is in the middle is because they have gigant gigantic server farms, right? They, can, they have hard drive space, they have bandwidth, uh, they have access to the infrastructure of the internet. Uh, we're trying to decentralize that. So everybody has an internet connection at home, uh, everybody has a computer at home. That means you have two digital resources. You have hard drive space and you have bandwidth. So the question is, can you monetize your hard drive space and bandwidth? So let's say I make a movie and I want to share my movie with 10,000 people. Uh, how am I going to do that if I don't want to pay Amazon or upload it to YouTube and risk them canceling me and taking my video offline? The way to do it is to find a group of friends like this and pay all of you and say, well, you have, you know, Google Fiber at home, or you have DSL at home, you have a laptop with 100 gigabytes of hard drive space, uh, I'm gonna pay you a few Satoshis, uh, the smallest unit in Bitcoin, every time that you upload my video to someone else. Uh, and BitTorrent's a really clever way to do that uh, if it's done with this kind of payment layer that we've integrated through Impervious. So what we were hoping to do today was run through a demo of the whole system in action. Uh, so on, your, on the screen, you've got two sides here. These are really two different people. Uh, so you know, one of them can be you, one of them can be your friend. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna walk through how this works. And while we're doing it, uh, please feel free to raise your hand, ask any questions. If you're like, what the hell's going on? Uh, <laughs> please do that. Yeah. Um, so the concept that we had today was to do a uh, just record a video here and prove that we can record a video live on your phone and then pay someone to host your video for you, uh, and then anyone else in the room can download that video. Uh, and the person in the middle there has no idea what the video is. Uh, they just know they're getting paid for their hard drive space and bandwidth. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> right, <just. laughs> so, uh, do you want to take a video, Andrew? You want to help us out? I'm actually recording with audio. Okay, does anyone want to participate? We can do it ourselves, but if anybody's really excited about this, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Otherwise, here, I'll just You want to do it, Ozzy? Yeah. All right. Take a quick video, I'll scan the room. Oh, maybe not of like people. Um, okay, scan this side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, real quick, I just needed a few megabytes of uh, file. So what I'm gonna do now, near, here is actually I'm gonna access this, uh, this domain here, um, which is just this IP address and um, I'm gonna upload the file. Um, I actually never need so much So just so you guys know, this is not the final version. Everything now you're seeing is on testnet. We're still in development. We've only been at this for 
like less than a month now, or a little bit over a month, like five weeks. We think there's probably like, oh, there's a lot of uh, like behind the scenes work we need to do to clean things up before it can be released to the general public. But we're hoping to have some production level thing out in the next like three to six months. Um, so please feel free to follow along with us on the internet for updates. And uh, also, Here, let me show you please be patient things. if there are any bugs. <laughs> How it will be released? Uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about like the the specific structure you need to actually run this because there's a lot of setup you need to do on the server side to actually run. So this depends on you. You have to be running Bitcoin locally. Like you, this only works if you have a Bitcoin node, mm -hmm. and then you need two layers on top of that. You need a Lightning node with funded channels open with someone, and then you need to run Impervious on top of that. So it's all a big stack. It's a pretty interesting, or it's a difficult problem to tackle. Right? We're we're creating a peer-to-peer -peer internet. But it's sort of tough, you know. Like, like most people don't even know Linux is, and like, and you're and you're sitting here, uh, you know, you're, this stuff enables it exists right here. Like we're about to show you, right? But like, it, um, the challenge is that you know, like most internet apps, you pay again. You're just relying on Amazon to host it for you, right? So like Spotify uses Amazon servers. So the trouble is that we want to do everything without you know the Amazon or the Google of the world. But, uh, can we do another survey? Who here runs a full node at home? Uh, I'd like to see that. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all of you know that it's not always easy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. So there's like there's a lot of setup process involved. There's a lot of like configuration and things break. And if you're not working on Bitcoin testnet and something goes very wrong, you can actually lose some of your Bitcoin. So what we're trying to do over the next couple months, we have uh, on our development roadmap, is really like simplify the installation process for this entire thing and make it accessible to anybody, not just the people that like already run their own node and are. You know, shadowy super coders, for lack of a better word. <laughs> um, That's so, a proud title. <laughs> so, so what this is showing on the screen, I don't know if you guys can, can read everything. So, the person on the left here—is uh, that Alice or Bob? And left is Alice. Okay, so the person on the left is Alice. <laughs> Alice has some files that uh, that she created. So she made some videos at home, and she wants to share with a bunch of friends, but she doesn't want to risk YouTube being able to shut her down. So she's uploaded her videos to her Bitcoin full node running our software. And now what she's going to do is, uh, I'm sorry, so Bob's on the right here. So Alice has her video, she's going to share them. Bob's on the right, what he's going to do is create a seed box uh, using our application. And what that means is he's creating an offer and saying, you know, I have X amount of gigabytes of, on my hard drive, I have X amount of bandwidth at home, I'm willing to rent it out and earn some Bitcoin in exchange for letting someone else use my hard drive space and bandwidth. So, so he's charging one SAP per megabyte that people will download from his uh, from his node. So yeah, in the in the configuration setting here, he can set a nickname for his his offer on the network, just like you have a username on eBay or anything else. Uh, he can set how much of his hard drive space he wants to uh, rent out, and he can set a rate of saying uh, I'm going to charge X amount of SAPs per megabyte that I upload. Uh, and you can you can type in any number, numbers in there, and it's going to be up to Alice when she looks at Bob's offer to decide, hey, that's a fair offer, it's the right price, she's, he's got the right amount of hard drive space, I'm going to accept that, or no, he's charging too many staffs per megabyte, so I'm going to reject that. So it's free market dynamics, there's no centralized control, everything is still peer-to-peer. -peer. Yep, so that's, this video right here is the video I just took on my phone, I just uploaded it, so there, it's on that Bitcoin node here now. Um, and look, there's timestamps that you verify. Excuse me, it's it's on a Bitcoin node? Uh, yes. It's a, it's a Linux computer running a Bitcoin node and this software. It's running several pieces of software in order for all this to work. So it's on the same Linux computer, it's also a Bitcoin node running on it. I didn't, I, think, I, I didn't think the Bitcoin network had the capacity to like 
hold the whole video though. Oh, it does not. No, uh, unfortunately. So the video is, that's a good question. So the video is not actually stored on the blockchain. We all know that in Bitcoin, block size is limited to when one, one and a half megabytes, depending on how you measure. Uh, none of the data that we're having on here is actually stored on the Bitcoin network. So did she make like an NFT of it and then put the key on the Bitcoin network? No. So, so, the, so the brilliant thing about Lightning Network is that it gives you this, this uh, authentication key, essentially, that you can prove that you're the owner of a Bitcoin wallet with a certain amount of, of balance in it. Uh, and you can do that without revealing who you are and you can do that without compromising your security. Uh, that's what Lightning Network allows you to do and it also allows micropayments um, it, for free, basically. Um, so the question is, can we can we take those components and build and mash them together in such a way to config to make a smart contract eventually, essentially, on Bitcoin's layer two, without occupying any of the block space on the Bitcoin uh, base layer, and without congesting the network and incurring a huge amount of minor fees and everything else, uh, because otherwise this wouldn't scale. So the whole the whole concept, the reason why it's so difficult to install and set everything up is because it's built to be scalable. Uh, so that's why it's running Bitcoin D. Uh, it's running uh, LND, it's running Impervious, uh, it's running Ubuntu Linux, it's running Nginx, it's running, uh, are we running Transmission. We're running Transmission, that's the, the Torn manager. So the whole software stack powering this. Uh, so that's why I said we're, we're still kind of young in the, in the development roadmap. We're trying to figure out what's the best way to create this as, as simple as possible so that we want it to be eventually something you can just you know put yeah. download and run. Right. <laughs> it yeah. works. And it's far from that. What about the what about the verification of the CBOX creator? Like that's we're trusting that that that's going to be. Right. That is correct. There is a certain level of trust there with the vendor-client relationship. So over here on the right, Bob here can put a seed box and then um, not ever actually see anything and tell Alice, "Hey, I see it. You know, a million gigabytes. Please pay up, right?" And and you know, so so right now we don't have any protections in that. We do have some ideas of how to protect for that. Um, but at the very minimum, free market dynamics, you know, you, you can only do that once, right? And then and then it's pretty visible that you're cheating, you know what I mean? Uh, so at, at that point, the person that's paying, um, you know, Alice over here would just stop paying, you know, why would I pay? You're not, you're not seeing anything, you know? There's two ways we can kind of police fraud in the system. The first way is what Ozzy's talking about, essentially like a reputation score, which already exists in Lightning Network. If your node is offline for more than 90 seconds a day, you get dinged. And whenever somebody wants to open a channel with you, it's like, Oh, this person may be offline, they're not a reliable lightning node. So that already exists, that kind of policing with like the watchtower scheme. Still kind of like credit though. Like kind someone of. could have 900 credit or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then just decide, you know what, I'm going to be a meth addict, I'm done. Yeah. You can do that one time. And then yeah. and then if your reputation gets dinged, you'll, the only way to like reset your reputation will be to close your lightning channel, open a new lightning channel with a new public key, and you're getting hit with uh, transaction fees on the Bitcoin network for doing that. So there's, but, a, there's a map of financial penalty for cheating on so, the network. And then the second way we can police this uh, is BitTorrent. Has, uh, there's a lot of people here that are familiar with Lightning. Does everybody know what watchtowers are? Yeah. Watchtowers are kind of like this third-party neutral, uh, trustless system that kind of observes the network and makes sure the things are good across hops. There's also a watchtower system built into BitTorrent uh, that we haven't implemented into this yet, but uh, it would be very easy to. It's called the, tr the tracker system. And again, everything's kind of pseudonymous, but it, it's a relay that keeps track of how much of the file has been uploaded from which peer to which, and, how, and which peer has downloaded uh, a certain amount of the file. So if we add it to the software stack, we, right, we've got Ubuntu, we've got Bitcoin D, we've got LND, we've got Impervious, we've got Transmission. If we add a BitTorrent tracker to that, that kind of closes the loop and, and, and allows us to police the network effectively. And that way, if, if Bob decides to lie and say, you know, hey, Alice, I uploaded your video 10 times, pay me, 
we're going to have a neutral arbiter system that's going to be able to see if that traffic actually happened or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, I have another one, but I don't want to. That's fine. We talk about. All right, we can we talk about it. It's not perfect. There are vulnerabilities in the system. That's another reason why it's still closed beta for now on testnet. We're still working through some of the kinks, but I think we have an answer to all the problems. It's just a matter of actually like developing it and getting everything to work and testing. Because uh, it is high risk, right? Um, okay, so what we're going to do is Alice already uploaded her video. Ozzy took a video of the beautiful curtain behind us. Bob is going to create his offer and broadcast that to the network, saying that he's got some hard drive space and some bandwidth and wants to earn some Bitcoin. Yep. Um, so, so broadcast the network. Bob broadcast that next, uh, offer. Um, and, um, and then Alice over here. She wants to purchase content hosting, and she wants to share this file, this video I just took. So earlier, um, I actually added Bob's pub key here. This is Bob's uh, Lightning Network pub key. So it's in her address book. So now she's going to come over here, pick which file she wants to share, and then search her entire address book for who has what to offer. And right now, there's only one address in there, right? So it's only going to come up with the one. Um, but in theory, you have multiple. And here she can see this is Bob's pub key, and he's charging one sat. And you can see if I update this, uh, broadcast, and then I search over here again. We'll see, uh, she, it's actually charging two stats per megabyte. You know, so this is uh, um, what Asher was saying, how it's all free market, right? You could potentially query every single Lightning node that exists for what what is your offer? You know everyone is running this, and there you have free market competition. You know, um, you're going to charge less, you're going to charge more, depending on I guess the quality or whatever. Um, but we're not, we're not going to dictate that. So Alice is going to accept the offer. She says, "Okay, two stats per megabyte. Sure, that's a fair offer. I don't have any other options. That's what I'm going to do. Accept the offer." So at this point, what it actually does is it triggered a file transfer um, from the left Alice to the right Bob. And if I go over here and refresh this page, you'll see now Bob is sharing that file. And it pops up a little magnet link. And if you, so that means you could download this with a torrent client. So I'm going to copy this magnet link, come over here to the torrent client. Anyone with a torrent client can download this. If you guys have this on your phone, you can do it as well. A um, magnet link is just like a link if you share with someone to download a video and you give them, you know, www.google.com slash blah, 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 right? It's the same thing. It just looks like this. Uh, so this is the only information that you would need to share with people to have them start downloading your video. So you can imagine if you had like a Telegram channel or something that you had some, you wanted to distribute your content through, this is the only thing you would have to share with them if you were the content creator and said, hey, download my stuff, here's the link. There's a few, so we do have a, a, again, on the development roadmap, there is a way to monetize this directly and have downloaders pay, essentially encrypt the file before it gets uploaded to BitTorrent and then have the end user, uh, so it be end-to-end -end encryption. So uh, Alice encrypts the file before she uploads it to her node. Uh, Bob does not have the encryption key, so he's just tra trafficking an encrypted file and doesn't have the, the it would be a symmetric key, key scheme. Uh, and then Charlie, right, the person downloading at the end, uh, knows the, the the content creator's pub key and can just send them a message over Lightning Network and say, hey, just download your file. You know, here's 10 SAS for the decryption key. Or again, free market dynamics, everybody will be able to choose their own rates for, for everything in the system. Um, Andrew? Yeah, I have a question. So um, 
it, you know, this kind of reminds me of like Pirate Bay. Yeah. Right. And then so when you guys were talking about reputation system in Pirate Bay, there are there is sort of like a social reputation system where people will comment like, oh, like this is legit, this isn't legit. Um, so maybe that's like one thing to consider. Correct. It doesn't have to be tied to the note specifically. Yeah. But like it's like posted on the website. But like I guess my other question is. This this UI. Well, actually, I have like two more. Okay, so this UI, like the website, is that? Um, am I self-hosting a website and saying, "Hey, look, like check this file," or do you? Is there like a domain that people can search for files and pay for? No, no domain. That's a great question. So what this is supposed to uh, uh, simulate or be people would self-host this. This would be something that you're running locally on your own Bitcoin node. Um, so this is not meant to be open to the public. I only have it open to the public right now for this demo. Otherwise, I would never do that. Um, really, this is just meant to be running at home for your own personal use. For you to, in, it's a, it's a nice GUI. It's a nice interface for you to talk to your own Bitcoin node, and that is what talks to the rest of the world. Um, so this is, yeah, this is. There is no central website. This is meant to be a standalone user app. This would be like a thing you have at home, and you're and you're running it at home, and you can access it. You can access access your home node on your mobile phone or your laptop anywhere in the world as long as you know the right, uh, the right address. Yeah, so it's more of like if I have a friend that I want to share a file with, I give them like a specific link to something uh, to, and then for them to go to my website and then to download and see the file. They don't, the only thing they need is the link. They don't need to know your IP address at any yeah, point. In the, okay. So the only thing they, that you need to share to your friends actually is just a hash of the file. So right, you know how like SHA-256, you, yeah. you can take a hash of any file and it's totally arbitrary. Like that's essentially the only thing you need to share with them is this is what the file you're looking for hashes to then go find it on the internet. So they never actually know any personally identifiable information about you in terms of your IP address, where you live, your name, your username, none of that. It's, it's totally, it's in a distributed hash table on the internet. So the only thing people are doing is they're querying the distributed hash table for the hash of the file they're looking for. And then it's gonna find someone that had like, Bob in this scenario has 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 uh, Alice is paying Bob to host the file. So when Bob gets the file, then he broadcasts to the distributed hash table. Says, "Hey, I'm ready to upload this file that hashes to this string, right?" And then and then you share with your friend. You say, "Hey, go download this file." That person uh, queries the the cloud and says, "Hey, does anybody have the file that hashes to this string?" And then you two find each other and the and the download begins. Yeah. The cool thing about BitTorrent is that it scales very well. So if you have um, Okay, scan this side of the room. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so that's proof that the, the file actually downloaded. Yeah, so right? I actually got the video there. Right. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> right. No, 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 that I also have like one more question. Yeah. So, yeah. Because it's tied to a node, I feel like um, you know attackers might be incentivized to distribute malware, right? And so as soon as they um, decrypt it, download it, open it, it's like it's malware and it's not the file that you had it expected. Yeah. Um, two things to say about that. The first thing is that the person downloading the file does not need to run a Bitcoin node. So the only two people that need to run a Bitcoin node are the person that, that creates the file, that wants content to pay creator. someone, the content creator, and the person selling their hard drive space and bandwidth. The seed box. And the seed box. Anybody else in the world does not need to Unless it's monetized, you're right. If the end person needs to pay for it, then they would also, you're right, that's yes. a good point. Yeah, so unless, if it's a free file to download, anyone in the world can do it. The only thing they need is a BitTorrent client. There's like hundreds of BitTorrent clients that are open source. Uh, we're using a, a public BitTorrent client called Transmission for the purpose of uh, our technology stack, but there's really popular ones like uh, FrostWire and QBitTorrent. I'm not what I got here. 
There you go. This one's QBitTorrent. This yeah. is QBitTorrent. Yeah. yeah. So there's tons of free open source BitTorrent clients that's been around for like decades now. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, basically, Bob is being incentivized to see this file. That's correct. But then if a bunch of other people jump on, and I leave, I've, I've downloaded on lead chain now, I've fully downloaded, I'm seeding, I leave transmission open indefinitely, I'm essentially serving the same role as Bob. For, so if Bob then dropped off, like that file is still... You're allowed to volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you okay. could do that for free. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Got yes, it. you're allowed to volunteer for free on the network. Yeah. Um, payments at the original transfer of the file, like I'm going to pay for one megabit file, one megabyte file, whatever. It's not in the original upload. It's every time someone downloads one megabyte, right? So, so let's say you have your video file. You've got this link that's just uh, that you can send to anybody, and they can start downloading it from Bob. And you send it to ten thousand people. When Bob, uh, it's a one megabyte file, and you upload it to ten thousand people, you've uploaded ten thousand megabytes. So Bob is going to invoice Alice every time that she uploads one megabyte at whatever the SAS. So you're so the node that's that you're paying is continuously sending invoices back. To that was yeah, correct. Yes. Invoices yes. Back. That was correct. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we're, that's the next step here. So you can see this file is six megabytes, and if I come here and uh, refresh this page. You'll see that one instance, copy seeded, has been a little over one. It's not super perfect um, uh, based on how how uh, just that's how torrents work. But you can see, so this this actually seeded one file, and if we go over here to invoices, you could see um, it was six megabytes, and it was charging two mega, two sats per megabyte. So Alice here invoiced Bob for twelve sats, and over here, or I'm sorry, I got that backwards right. Um, Bob invoiced for 12 sats, and Alice paid Bob 12 sats. And uh, that's the whole chain. So, yeah, go ahead. So I'm just curious, like, I mean, this is tough for content creators, right? Let's say it's original content. You have to pay to make the content, they have to pay to see it, yeah. right? So, like, there's no incentive there for me to give you my content. There's two, there's two, there's two things to say about that. So uh, the, again, this just goes back to the fact that we're like five weeks into this project and we haven't had time yet. If anybody here knows Go, if anybody here knows GoLang, please come talk to us afterwards for recruiting. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so the first thing is that we do have uh, the next thing on the product roadmap is uh, this end-to-end -end encryption scheme where you pay for the decryption key for the file to the original content creator. So you upload your video, you pay for a production studio, you pay for everybody else, you want to charge you know, 100 sats every time someone downloads your video. What we'll do is we'll encrypt the video before anybody else sees it, and they have to pay you for the decryption key. That's the first option. The second thing to say is that it may not be a perfect system for every use case. We don't know what people are going to want to use this for, but there's a lot of content that gets shared that is self-monetizing. Like, for example, apps in the, in the app store. Let's say you have a freemium game and you want to handle your payment mechanics in, inside the game, but you just don't want to transfer the deal with the Google Play Store to host your, your, your Android game, right? But in-game, there's a way for people to purchase stuff. This is another way it's competing with any basically centralized content distribution network. So if you, it, it doesn't just have to be videos or music, it can be an application that has its own monetization scheme in the middle that we have no part of. If that's your business, how you deal with that with your end users. So in, this, in that scenario you subscribe, would it be like, so you pay once or you pay a couple times to get to seated, but then every time it gets the crypt, you would get paid. So. Yeah. You're, it's a small upfront fee essentially, and then every time it's a yeah. crypto, yes, it. yes, exactly. Right. So there's, there's, there's pay per download, right? For me to make money. Yeah, yes. We don't have that feature working today, no, no, but that is yeah. that is coming like before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah the um, uh, 
Because no, you're, you're, anyone that wants to share content is going to have to incur costs no matter what, right? You're either going to have to pay for Google Drive or pay for Amazon S3 or something. Like, like you, you know, Google Drive has like free tiers, right? But once you pass that tier, you know, I think Dropbox is like a hundred bucks a year or something, you know? Like, like you can't get away from paying for someone to hold your files for you, right? Someone, at some point, you're going to pay for it. And if you're not paying for it, they're probably going to censor you or screw with or you. Or monetize There's a reason you get paid for it, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of censorship, so this is like getting around like platform level censorship. And then we're saying some like infrastructure censorship, like the GoDaddy thing. And then under that, like protocol level censorship. So I assume uh, torrents are on some particular port. Like, do you see an ISP issue? Also, I know ISPs, a lot of them in their terms block like hosting web servers and things like that. Is there a issue there? There is potentially. Again, that's going to depend on you and your ISP. But the way to get around it is VPN. Uh, you could do it over Tor if you're doing small files, but Tor is kind of garbage for bandwidth. If you're like, downloading a video that's like 1080p and two hours long, it's going to take you six days to download. Um, but you could just use a VPN. Um, I don't work for a VPN company, but there's like Proton VPN, Express VPN. There's like a million options out there. Don't use Express. Yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I'm not. I'm not here to endorse any particular yeah. VPN provider. <laughs> don't use Express VPN. <laughs> What's funny is on that point, so I mentioned earlier that I, I say I, I would like, I think for the applications for the, the three layers that we're using, Bitcoin, Lightning, and Impervious here, or can really expand to sort of encapsulate every utility shit token that's out there. There's a couple that are trying to target like selling hardware to sell mesh network <laughs> internet. So like there's one called Helium. And I'm thinking, okay, that's I think that's a cool idea. Just the healing tokens is stupid. Let's just do the same thing, but for sats, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, that's a way to get around it. <laughs> I, have, I have four helium miners, and I literally just use it to get not to see Bitcoin. It literally just mining. <laughs> it's cheaper and it's less energy than Bitcoin. So this would be a new way for you to profit off that scheme, yeah, right? If exactly. you were, like, if somebody was worried about their ISP censoring their BitTorrent traffic because they can't see it if it's not encrypted, you can just provide a VPN service to people and. Uh, and they can then use this app without their ISP having any insight into what their internet traffic is doing. So everything should be encrypted. Is there a business model already that you're thinking of if someone starts making really great content? How could I find out who the best creators are and try to serve them? That's actually something we've been sort of thinking about. You know, like how, how peer discovery is an interesting problem. Yes, yeah. right. Because like right now we don't have a built-in way for someone to find someone else. So you know, uh, you can technically do it in any way you want. Like you could be like a Discord group or Telegram group or just Reddit or something, right? Because um, we don't have something built in for that. But we've been talking about adding something like that. You know, like like you know, like, like making something like Google. You know, where you just something where you could search everything. You know, um, there's a lot of ways to take. Cool. My question is connected to that. So how people can see what is actually the video about? I'm talking about the end user because let's see, this is for some content creators, influencers. So in the old days, right, when there was torrent, people could see, oh, this is a a, a movie that I want to see. So that's why they were downloading it or a song. Here, they need to be able to know like, whether I'm interested to download it. That's awesome. Uh, in theory, you, you could be ha- happy here where, where the user uploads it. I mean, we want to add some more data to this. More so it could be like a title. Like a title, like yeah. a thumbnail image, like a little description. That's something. Like, in theory, we'd add it here. Um, I want to stress one more time. This was a two-week project we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the, like you're right. There is no like central... This is kind of like the it's a the sword cuts both ways. The beautiful thing about doing everything peer to peer censorship resistant is there is no way to to censor things and influence the content and like the library and the peer discovery aspect of it. 
that's what Google does, right? So right now, the solution we've come up with is leave it up to you. Yeah. And if you want to have a Telegram chat with your friends or you just want to use your Twitter account, it doesn't matter because the only thing you're putting out is the string, right? The, this like hash of the file that's like 32 letters. And then, uh, you know, you can tell people, hey, download my new video. Here's what it is. And they can trust you if they're already friends. Or uh, we've talked about it, but like we don't want to be involved in this. Uh, in, in like any part of the data layer because then that just makes us Google and it like defeats the whole purpose. Or like, the point being a central <laughs> entity, you know? Yeah, so it's really hard to create like an index if you're not a centralized entity. It's hard um, to make money and be a cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it out. <laughs> so for the users who aren't running their own node, uh, are you guys anticipating using like a browser based extension for a wallet? That's really tough, right? Because in order to actually preserve the censorship resistance and peer-to-peerness of it, you need to run your own node. Like all of this is contingent on people running their own Bitcoin node. If you're relying, like if you're using a browser-based extension, you're relying on someone else's node. So that introduces your censorship risk there, right? Because now, now someone has to, at some point in time, there needs to be a Bitcoin node running. And you're either relying on someone else to do it for you or you're doing it yourself. Um, and that's a problem we're trying to tackle. We're not quite sure how to tackle that yet. You know, because, you know, it's difficult, right? I, I don't really expect the average person to have to spin up Bitcoin and Lightning and all that. Like it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. Uh, so, so we are running out of time. We're going to wrap it up. We'll tell we'll both going to be around. We can answer more questions after this kind of presentation. But the uh, we're running out of footage in the camera. Uh, so, um, yeah, just want to say thanks everybody for for paying attention to us. You can follow us on Twitter um, if you want. You, know, you can check out our website cipher.engineering if you want to sign up for more information as we release stuff. Uh, it's just cypher.engineering. You can subscribe to our email list, and well, um, whenever we come out with things, we'll, you'll be the first to know. You know, if you want to be on the bleeding edge of Bitcoin technology, this is how you do it. And we are trying to website too. Can be. What's that? We'll put that on the website. Thank you. And we are uh, we're, we are forming a business out of this. So if anybody here is a GoLang developer or knows Postgres or ideally both, please come talk to us afterwards. And likewise, any venture capitalists. Uh, that is my time for the day. Uh, so we're going to wrap up. Do you have anything else, Ozzy? Well, thank you for and, listening. Yeah, thank you, Elliot Bendez. Thank you, Andrew, for inviting me. Yeah.